0: Good hello and welcome, 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 welcome to Viv and Miles' Infinite Watchlist Top 100 Horror Films or Movies, depending which side of the pond you're
1: on. Film <laughs> sounds more uh, elevated. Okay,
0: film. Films. Come I'm on. Miles,
1: Miles. Miles, and... and I'm Viv. Hello
0: to you. Hello, good. Good morning to you. Good to hello, good morning, and cheers. Cheers, darling. Cheers, cheers. cheers, We should, we're both having a glass of wine, but we should be having some Chianti, really, for the occasion. Yeah.
1: I like I like it.
0: No, and also, I don't actually want that at all. No, thanks.
1: <laughs> well, listener, so, if you don't know what film we're talking about, that was a big clue.
0: No, yeah, what more do you want? <laughs> so, this this episode we're talking about the iconic
1: mm-hmm. film from nineteen
0: ninety one, The Silence of the Lambs.
1: Yes, uh, it's a, a biggie. big, big biggie. Mm-hmm. Um, brilliant film.
0: This is a this is a big one.
1: I remember seeing this at the cinema when it came out. I was. Cinema, probably like nineteen. Like I had just graduated high school, probably first year of college. Yeah. And I remember, after the film was over, being terrified to walk out of the cinema. It was at the mall, so like it was like a car park, like a three or four story car park right. to get the car. And I was terrified walking
0: to the car in at night. I'm not, I'm not surprised. Yeah. In case Anthony Hopkins was about.
1: <laughs> you know what? I'd rather run into Anthony Hopkins than Buffalo Bill,
0: honestly. Yeah, yeah. Ne- I mean neither are good, but Buffalo yeah. Bill is.
1: But out. it feels that that being a woman, you have had a better chance with Anthony Hopkins than with Buffalo Bill.
0: Yeah, based on this film, yes, that's true. Maybe. Maybe. I wouldn't I wouldn't try either, but yeah, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. You to.
1: No, I mean, yeah, it, it wouldn't be ideal, but I feel like with Lecter, if you were smart enough to engage him in conversation, yeah. it might buy you some time. That being a, a woman, whereas yeah. like uh, Buffalo Bill, no? no,
0: that's you're really in trouble.
1: You are in especially,
0: trouble. yeah, especially
1: a voluptuous woman as I am.
0: That's his top fave. Correct. Well, as a voluptuous woman myself, I would also be in danger. <laughs> You'd be in danger. Your perky bosoms would be in danger. I know. Normally, I like to, this time of the evening, I like to soak <laughs> in just enough hot water to cover my perky bosoms, as you know. I,
1: I love that scene where, where he's, you know, taking Catherine, and he asks her, are you a size 14? And she's like, what? <laughs> yes, yeah, excuse me. I would have been like, sorry, See how yeah. that's any of your business. I
0: don't see I don't see how that's any of your business.
1: How dare you.
0: Whereas really at that stage, you'd be like, I'll tell you if you let me out of this bloody wishing well, then sure.
1: Well, that was you way can... before the wishing well. That was when he was when she didn't know she was in danger, girl. Oh, I think that early. was her sign, her first sign, but at that moment she was in the van and too late. Oh.
0: Yes, I know exactly now. Yeah, yeah. Oof, that seems like a rather long yeah. time ago. Yeah, <laughs> yes.
1: we'll, we'll get to that. We'll, we'll get, to, get that.
0: to that. So as I said to you last time, I've kind of seen this film, but I'm pretty sure I was about 11, 12 or something, and there was someone having like a sort of scary movie slumber party night, and I'm pretty sure Lord. that we basically must have talked the whole way through it because I literally only remember... The iconic moments between the two main characters Me. and all of that would have gone over my head I'm is this is like you a now? movie
1: for 11 year olds like like when you're 11 and yeah. watching horror movies you you watch like halloween friday 13th exactly. this is an intellectual really mm-hmm. adult movie yeah. that i think an 11 year old would be either incredibly bored and then Looks very scared in moments right
0: yeah yeah agreed so basically it was like i seen it for the first time apart from all the moments that everyone has seen for every clip right and and quotes
1: yeah even people that have never seen the movie would recognize some scenes and some lines from it yeah of course Yeah, it's such a part of In, culture now inevitably
0: do you want to set us up,
1: up, up i yes i will set it all up set it up So, Silence of the Lambs is a film that is based on the Thomas Harris Harris novel, The Silence of the Lambs, and it is about a young FBI cadet who is assigned to the behavioral science, you know, like profiling, and she is sent to meet, there's a serial killer going around, and they're trying to figure him out and profile him, and they end up sending her out to get the help of this very intelligent psychiatrist who also happens to be a serial killer, um, Hannibal Lecter. And the film is about chasing this active serial killer and the relationship that forms between this new FBI student and this monstrous but very um, incredible mind of Hannibal Lecter. Yes. Yeah that's a very good. I think good that's setup.
0: a little tidy. Yeah. Absolutely. Well I think because I hadn't seen it for so long or remember I don't I didn't remember that there was anything but Hannibal. I didn't realize there
1: was this yeah. whole other Yeah, he's thing. not really He's in I mean, the film only I believe um at the time I think he ha- had the shortest amount of time on screen. Um, of an actor that won an Academy Award for a part, yeah. he was only Until... in the film for like twenty-one minutes, and then, of course, uh, Dame Judy Dench beat Dame that. Du did like half that? <laughs> she did like five minutes and won an Oscar. she, um, but she, yes. she popped in. <laughs> but he's only in in the film for twenty. Like, there's not. Um, there's only two scenes between Clarice and and Lecter, but it's they're so powerful. That mm. When you think of that film, all you think about is Lecter mm-hmm. and Clarice, um, yeah. but in reality, he was in it for a very, very short amount of time,
0: yeah. Well, they're both amazing. I mean, Jodie Foster is so so charismatic in this film, you can't take your mm-hmm. eyes off her. I think it's that accent um, as well, and it's that, yeah, so,
1: this is a funny <laughs> so, um, also Jonathan Demme directed the film brilliantly, and if It's done so um, seamlessly and subtly, but anytime any character is speaking, we, the camera, they're speaking directly to the camera. So for most of the film, we're seeing everything through Clarice's eyes. We are her basically in the film. And I think that's part of it, that we connect to her so deeply because we're seeing this world through her eyes. most of the film, mm-hmm. if not all the film, basically, except when she's yeah. talking. But um there's a there's a story that Jodie Foster has told about her accent and how she wanted to do the kind of this subtle um Virginia accent. And um mm-hmm. that scene where Hannibal Lecter makes fun of her accent, right? When he's like exaggerating her accent was all yeah. improvised by anthony hopkins it was not written really improvise that whole thing oh, that's that's crazy. Crazy. like doing that the accent was all like him Are mocking you doing the accent? Her. yes she was doing the accent <laughs> and she took it so personally because she thought that he was mocking her accent uh, so, the so reaction, her reaction like, to him was very genuine like genuinely what uh, she was feeling um, and she later she said later on when she saw like the, the of that scene she actually thanked him and said my gosh the thank you reaction. for bringing that yeah. out to me because I, I wasn't that's not what I went into that scene thinking would happen
0: no clever because yeah. that's what literally what he's doing as well the character yeah. and the actor are doing the same thing yeah because he's trying to make yeah. her vulnerable and, and, yeah, mm-hmm. and her, yeah strip her back Make her feel
1: yeah, and Apparently it was well. all Sir Anthony's brilliance. Wow. That felt this is what Hannibal would do. He would mock her. Mm.
0: And amazing that this is a Welsh actor. Yeah. As well.
1: Um, yeah. He he said that he based um Hannibal Lecter's accent. On um or like speech pattern more than accent, just the way he speaks, he mm. based it on Truman Capote and Catherine Hepburn. So he kind <laughs> of they both have such distinct ways of speaking, and he kind of like yeah. found like a way to mix them a little bit. And that's where I've Hannibal's been... speech pattern came from. Oh, well, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, I can see that now. Mm-hmm. Catherine Hepburn. I think the,
1: the Capote one because Truman Capote had a very. Mm. Specific way of speaking.
0: Yeah, interesting. And how amazing he That's- only won another Oscar like two years ago. Yeah. And this time he didn't even fancy poppy. He didn't he send a message from the golf course or something. He was like, yeah. oh, <laughs> he was like "Cheers!" And there's a trailer came out of- New Year's Day. There's a new film with him coming out very soon, which is very oh. cute. Actually, he's a much more cuddly person than this film. <laughs> That's good. That is good. Although I yeah.
1: I do love this character, it's one of I think one of the greatest characters ever written. Both both him and Clarice Starling, I think. Oh yeah. Um. There's definitely okay. a a connection. So I, you know, you know, I love 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 the X Files and Jillian Anderson, mm-hmm. and and I met Gillian, not met Jillian, but like. My introduction to Gillian Anderson was definitely Agent Scully, yeah. FBI Agent Scully, redhead, blue eyes, like very mm. similar. So mm. I feel like she um, had a, a direct influence in the way Gillian Anderson played Scully sure. in the X-Files. Yeah.
0: yeah, I can imagine that for sure. And there's just the names are so good, aren't they? Yeah. The names it's like Clary Starling. Obviously, there's lots of reference to Fly Away and mm-hmm. Fly things. Away. You're just Starling, yeah. <laughs> and there's something about him being so articulate that makes him mm, even more menacing because mm-hmm. you just think, what is he thinking? What's he about to do all the time? And right. how does how was he always like a step ahead? How does he always he always knows mm-hmm. what the next step is?
1: Right, it's it's. Really- it's- it reminds me a little bit of, of when we did Hellraiser and we talked about um, the character of Pinhead and how the actor, mm. no, not the actor, but um, uh, Clive Barker was telling this because the studio wanted this character to be more menacing and menacing and more aggressive and violent. And he said, no, no, no. Him being this calm and articulate is because he's it's in control. At no yeah. point is he concerned Mm-hmm. That he's not in control of everything that's going to happen. And, right. and I think you see that with Lecter. They even make a yeah. comment about when he killed um whoever it was that he like bit the tongue out and, yeah. and all of that. Mm-hmm. And he said his pulse never went above like 60. Like he was right. so calm, even doing something that incredibly violent. He's just yeah. completely yes. unaffected by emotion.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in the position he's in, in that high security prison, mm-hmm. to still be able to feel like he has power over people in that position is pretty unique. Right.
1: And, and he does like we we know yeah. he had the his neighbor, his cellmate, mm-hmm. um, ended up dying, and all they know is that Lecter was whispering to him all night. Yeah, I and then like- he was dead in the morning, right? Mm-hmm. And he was punishing him. Because he threw his ejaculate in Clarice's face, which I'm sorry, that is the grossest part in the entire film. No, yeah, thank you. A,
0: it is a very unpleasant, that whole bit. And when he says what well, he can, well, is it the same character it says he can smell her something? Yeah. I'm not going to, yeah.
1: Yes. Her, her charisma, uniqueness, uniqueness nervous nerve
0: talents. Talent, yes. I
1: That's love that, that, you know, Rector heard it he made her say it like what did he yeah. whisper to you
0: yeah just he and was testing it, her
1: right she says it and this, she yeah. says it
0: It's with that accent she says it so bluntly as well yeah <laughs> she's, she's like she said that back. he
1: could smell my yeah mm-hmm. and then he goes kind of, I however cannot
0: oh no and then he does that <laughs> that horrible up to the air holes like smelling and, and saying exactly what she's wearing or what she normally wears and she isn't right. wearing today <laughs>
1: And in, in listener, hello Rachel. Um, okay. I can't like French and Saunders' parody of what Silence of the Lambs has become what that scene is for me. So when he says, What did he whisper to you? I wanted her to say, Fan Dabby
0: Doozy. <laughs> 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 oh my god, just setting me off. <coughs> I so wanted her to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> yeah. So funny. Uh, so we, we kind of like find out early on a lot of her determination is coming from her past. Mm-hmm. She, Her mum died when she was very young. And then she adored, doted on her father completely. Who was, was he a policeman or an FBI himself? A policeman,
1: yeah, like a local, a he was a local policeman, yeah.
0: Yeah, who then dies when she's only 10. <clears throat> and we get several flashbacks during the film. Like when at one point she's approaching a coffin mm-hmm. and suddenly it flashes back to her being the 10-year-old seeing her father. And yeah. so there's a lot of tragedy that she's obviously holding on to, which we find out even more right. about through Hannibal Hannibal's interviews, right? Uh, and and that's where a lot we guess a lot of her determination to do well and to achieve and to get the position mm-hmm. she is is coming from that. That's given her the motive because right. at the start it- of the film. Mm-hmm. She's like in a boot camp, isn't she? She's kind of like running. She's through a the student,
1: forest. so she's she's a yeah. student at the FBI Academy. So she's mm-hmm. you know she's still not an FBI agent,
0: right until the end. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they uh something that seems very significant is that she's constantly surrounded by men, isn't she? It's a real.
1: Oh, I think that's the, the reality role. of the FBI. Like, yeah, there's very sure a few that. women. Although this is an interesting, I'm just going to work Jillian Anderson in there again for just a minute.
0: Oh, but um, she's always, Jillian is always welcome. In she's Anderson. always
1: welcome to be wedged in yeah. wherever she may please. Um, Agreed. When The X Files um, was out in, in the 90s and it was so, so popular, and the character of Dana Scully was an FBI agent and a doctor. Mm-hmm. And they saw a huge increase in women going into both law enforcement and medical and science fields. And they oh. call that huge curve that happened the Scully effect. Well,
0: that's a, that's because so cool. a lot
1: of young girls that grew up watching her, mm. when they got older, they decided to go into science yes. and to go into law enforcement because of Scully. Yes.
0: Because they had so, someone to look up to, I love right.
1: That. But at, but at the time, and I would dare say, probably still now, um, the FBI, any any branch of law enforcement is probably very male dominated.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And definitely
1: yeah. 1991 for
0: sure. Yeah, for sure. And there's a lot of I read about this as well. That there's a lot through the film of her being constantly reminded of being a woman. There's constant chauvinistic there's constant mm. cat like cat like that creepy guy in Baltimore who is basically like oh so you want me to show you a fun evening tonight and she's like
1: oh the that's the that's the freaking doctor that runs the asylum uh, yeah. that Lecter is in which mm. he's so smarmy and disgusting like, I, like who, how dare how do you think that's appropriate but this still yeah. happens today
0: yeah. well maybe, then it wouldn't have even been you know and she she yeah, is nobody would have batted an eye She's very respectful. She's that she's that classic kind of everyone is, yes, ma'am, yes, sir. You like know, the mm. she's being, she should have been like, um, no, bitch, I don't wanna sleep with you right. tonight. I'm busy, thank you very much. But instead she's like, Well, sir, I gotta get back to my case, you know, right. very calm and and then as soon as he says that, he's like, Ugh. Oh well that's some dumb but then with you now she
1: quickly uses that to her advantage. She does.
0: Because right? then
1: much she much... turns it around by asking him, like, I think I should see Dr. Lecter on my own. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Well, why did you didn't you could have told me that in the office? And she's like, Well, then I wouldn't have the company. Had your company. Pleasure of your company, right? So she's oh, yeah. very, very smart. And good for and her. even when they are at that funeral home and they're doing the autopsy and her superior tells um the other cops like let's just talk in private and kind of motions like to her Mm -hmm. meaning like we don't want to talk about this in front of a woman right in the car back he can tell she's upset she was upset by that Mm -hmm. and he says you know starling i i just wanted to get in with them right i just wanted to Mm -hmm. kind of have them trust me um i i didn't i didn't really think that you couldn't handle it and she says but it matters what you say because the cops are looking to you to see how to act yeah and so what you say matters yeah and he thinks about it and he apologizes to her
0: yeah because he's like Like, so she
1: she stands her ground in a very respectful way she stands her ground does
0: she does, you're right. There's a great wow. shot at the very near the beginning where she goes into a lift because she's called up to be told you're going to go on this, you know, yeah. go an interview. And it's just, she looks so tiny amongst all these tall, big men in the lift, but she kind of stands out with a red show right. and they're all wearing grey and yeah. it's very... And then even if you cut forward to the bit where she goes to the scientist guys to find out about the moth and mm-hmm. the the guy who's... is cross-eyed right um is like, it's if, like and then she's like are, you, like are you hitting on me right now like we're cutting open moths to right. find out about serial killer is this the t- and he's just like yeah <laughs> yeah
1: speaking of the entomologist did do you recognize the other one the one who's actually cutting up the moths
0: no i did not
1: that is mr dan Butler, bulldog himself from fraser what yes no. Absolutely, yes. Look it up. That was Bulldog. <laughs> that was Bulldog, yeah.
0: Oh, my God. I obviously was focusing on the moths. That's crazy.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, okay, I'm going to need to look back at that bit again now.
1: Yeah, when he came out, I'm like, is that Bulldog? And then I looked oh it up God. and I was like, sure it is. No way. That's crazy. There's a couple of people that turned up in this that are yeah. um, well-known people that were not well-known back then, obviously. but Right.
0: Well, that's crazy, gosh. Now, before I forget, I need to put this little story in there. So one of the most wow. famous lines of the film is when he talks about having, is it, what does he eat with the nice Chianti? Um, fava beans.
1: But oh, I, beans? Li- I, I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Yeah. Right.
0: So, cast your mind back to like 15 years ago, Whoopi Goldberg, <laughs> You'd like, "Why are you talk about Whoopi Goldberg?" There is a reason. She no came to the yes, yeah, <laughs> she came to the UK to advertise Sister at the musical the first time round, and mm-hmm. apparently Whoopi famously hates flying, so she hasn't been to the UK very often. This was the first one well, of the first times, and she went on to the Justin Lee Collins show. He is like no longer on telly at all anymore, but he had his own chat show at the time, and what they did was in between every ad break, they had a nun giving a famous quote, and she had to guess, because of Sister Act, she had to guess the film. Now, the yeah. nuns were from our local church, Virgo Fidelis, where we all went growing up, oh, we wow. had our holy communions, we knew these nuns, and they got one of the nuns who looked, I think she's like 90, and she's wearing her grey habit, and so cute, and she says that they're like, oh, we're now going to an outbreak, and they cut to her going, oh, I'm going to have his liver with a nice Chianti and little a bit, and then she goes... She actually did the... Uh, <laughs> so, like, we, ne- we were like, what? We just couldn't so believe hilarious. it. And apparently, they they just, like, gave a very small donation to the church in return. But we were like, what?
1: Yeah. That's very um, funny.
0: I'll never forget that. That was just one of the... Cra- and it was the fact that it was the the nuns, the local nuns. It's crazy. That's so, so funny. yeah, That's the first thing I want to say. And the second, before I forget to get it in there, is that my cousin... Who, Dave Reynolds, who lives in Australia, spent his whole, most of his life traveling. He's from Preston, the UK, hun, and he has traveled. He has got stories beyond. Like when I we see. went to Kathmandu, he was there traveling. And one <laughs> of his many stories is when he was in America, he was in Hollywood the night of the Oscars when Anthony Hopkins won his Oscar. Oh, And security has obviously changed a lot because him and his friend managed to get through a toilet window at the Oscars, and managed to get into the ceremony before they were hurled out. How crazy. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah, this is many, this is, you know, a decade before nine eleven. so yes, security was yeah. not what it became after.
0: No, exactly. I'm sure exactly. it was
1: a lot easier to do that kind of stuff It back was, then.
0: yeah. But can you imagine that now? You wouldn't even... Yeah, I mean, you
1: could, you yeah, that would, there wouldn't even be a chance.
0: Yeah. But I just thought that was kind of a cool connection as well. Yeah so funny I th- yeah and it was he kept saying it was the year anthony hopkins won for sinus the lambs so that's that put me in the right okay that's the era to remember so yeah
1: yeah that's so funny
0: get, get that in there before i forgot
1: <laughs> very very funny
0: yeah so there are lots of iconic lines for this. so that i think it's that mm-hmm. first scene when she walks in so first of all they're really warning her. And she says, I'm going to go in on my own. Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay, we're watching on the cameras, you know, do not touch the glass, all these warnings. And when she walks through, it's such an iconic scene because it's such a dingy, scary Mm -hmm. corridor. And all the other prisoners are in prisons with the old fashioned bars. Mm -hmm. And they're all like looking crazed and they're like beside themselves to see a woman or they look like they've lost it completely, whatever. And then when she gets to him, he's obviously to the extent where he needs complete glass, the mind bars, just glass. And he's standing, like, waiting. And it's such a powerful image, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. so, like, ooh.
1: And he's so, just... like, you, like you mentioned, he's just so still mm-hmm. and so intense. And he talks about how he um, apparently has a friend in London who does not blink a lot when he talks to people. And so he practised staring and not blinking
0: oh! so
1: it makes him even more intense
0: yeah that's so intense and when he just says good morning (laughs) it's like he's he's waiting for her oh and you kind of know straight away that he's gonna get it over like he's he's, he knows how because they they warn him beforehand they're like do not they want her sorry Clarice Mm -hmm. do not let him get into your head don't let him right like her
1: boss slash mentor tells her do not tell him anything Dead. personal, do, you don't want him in your head, like he warns her, yeah. but at the same time I think her instincts are so good mm-hmm. as, as an FBI agent, even though she's still a student she knew that was the only way to get yeah. him to engage with her, was to give yeah. him something
0: yes Exactly. And it
1: worked right, like because at the end of the day, she's the one that he wanted to to find him because he gives her all the clues that end up leading to him, really.
0: Yeah, exactly, because he
1: knew she would get them, you know, he knew eventually she was smart enough,
0: yeah, she's to decipher, smart enough, to... right? That's right, exactly. He knows, yeah, it's clever. And she mm-hmm. notices that he's got these pictures that he's drawn of Florence and views that he says I need that gives me something to look at because I've got nothing. Mm -hmm. It's been eight years in that same cell. Just can't even imagine. But then later the paintings are taken away for bad behavior, to say the least. Because he
1: kills his neighbor, yeah. Mm -hmm. As a punishment. So the guy who who runs the the I guess maximum security I don't know mm-hmm. what they called it back then, like Prison for the Criminally Insane or whatever they call it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure that's... They don't call it <laughs> not anymore, but um, it's mm-hmm. Dr. Shilton and he's played by Anthony Heald. And Anthony Heald was in everything. Everything mm-hmm. in the 80s, everything in the 90s, everything in the 2000s. He was in... Every, he's still like in everything. Like he... There's a Bette Miller movie that's probably my favorite bent midler movie maybe after the rose but it's called outrageous portion and he plays the cop in it and he's so adorable in it and then he's Mm. so disgusting in this he's so smarmy and so hateful and you just hate him from the first moment you see him you hate him Mm. because he's sadistic and he's just like he's you know he's getting his jollies off by from the power that he has over these people, right? Like, yeah. he's yeah. not um doing it out of this is what yeah. should happen because of what they did. He's doing like he's feeding his he ego and his narcissism. Like he could feel it. Yeah, Ooh,
0: that's horrible.
1: He's gross, Ooh. but he gets so his, it's... which is very satisfying.
0: Exactly, <laughs> he does. He does. He gets his his right. So he. Uh, Hannibal's working on her. He wants to know a lot about her past as she reveals more and more through the questions, and that happens in the second meeting, probably more so. Mm -hmm. He gets right in the first
1: meeting. He he takes some guesses at her accent, like you know, Mm -hmm. poor, poor white trash from Virginia, and yeah. So she gives him a little bit about like my dad was a cop, and
0: but he's so observant. Like he's even when she first shows her badge, and that. So scary when he's like, come yes. closer, come closer. You know, and you're like, She's Don't like,
1: do
0: it, <laughs> he's like, don't go closer. <laughs> and uh, and then he's doesn't he say something like, Oh, I can see you're a week off actually being you're just a trainee? He's like, Straight away, he gets her because he's like, Well, you're not, how right. he says that it?
1: that expires in six months, you're not an FBI agent yet.
0: Yeah, you, 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 they've sent me this trainee, like, how embarrassing, right? So he's constantly right. trying to undermine her. Getting under her skin, mm-hmm. yeah. And then there's like a little hatch thing where she passes the questionnaire. She wants him mm-hmm. to answer,
1: mm-hmm. but he's,
0: he's no he's not ready to be just. He's not going to give anything lightly. There's no way.
1: <coughs> well, and be given. and she kind of gets him really in interested in Buffalo Bill. Like he he's telling her, "I want to see the case files. I want to see." all this stuff you have on him, right? Like he's, she starts engaging him in that conversation okay. and he's very curious about it. And then we find when she goes back to uh, Jack Crawford, who's her boss slash mentor. She realizes that like, she's like, you didn't tell me that that's what you wanted from him. Wow. You send me in there to fill this questionnaire that you don't give a shit about. You really wanted his help trying to solve this murder. Why didn't you tell me? And yeah. he says, because he would have known the moment you walked in. If I sent you there with an agenda, mm. you would have gotten nothing. Because yeah. he would have been able to tell.
0: He would have sniffed So it out, it's like,
1: right? yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's a really great, like, mind game thing that they yeah. play with each other.
0: And we learn about Buffalo Bill pretty early on, because when mm-hmm. she goes to find out about seeing Hannibal, there's all these articles all over the wall and newspaper things about the uh, Bill skin, Skins, the fifth victim or something mm-hmm. like that and so then you find out about this character and that his trait is that he likes to take the backs off, like the skin, It's horrible The
1: skins, <laughs> no, yeah <laughs> right and that's that's where where he gets his nickname buffalo bill because he used to skin the you know the Mm. buffaloes but um it's um so the the character of jack crawford is um loosely based on and i'll get you the name in a minute i'm looking at my notes but a real um fbi agent who um sort of created profiling. Him and his partner um, were the ones who who came up with the concept of if we interview serial killers and start finding personality traits and patterns and behavior, we can start profiling when we're you know, trying to catch someone else. We can use that information to help us predict maybe how they're going to behave based on other Killers that we get to know by Interviewing them and so that's The character that not only is It slightly based on but He was a consultant he actually Worked uh, with Scott Glenn A lot uh, and and provided Him a lot of information On What all that what being a profiler For the FBI Looks like his name is John Douglas John Douglas And there's an amazing Series on Netflix called Manhunter. No. Not Manhunter. That's a that's another movie. That's a that's a movie in this franchise is called Mind. Oh my god. Mindhunter? Yeah. yeah, Mindhunter. And it's about the that man who invented profiling and it's so, so good. Wow. And the lead actor is Jonathan Groff. From Hamilton.
0: Oh, I love Jonathan. And Bell. he's
1: so beautiful.
0: And from Looking and Frozen, oh, he's so. And beautiful. he plays Please. his
1: FBI agent, John Douglas, in the
0: series. As soon as you say him, I'm interested.
1: It's I'm fascinating happy. because it is the real story of how profiling became wow. a thing, and there's actors playing very famous serial killers who they are interviewing and gathering all right. the details and information of what drives them and all that stuff, which is really you know I love, love, I love, love documentaries about do. serial killers and true crime, because I'm endlessly fascinated by the psychology yeah. of criminals. Yeah. Um
0: I do think this this is a bit of you, this film, I have to say. Oh, it's I was like this is very Yes. I have it's fascinating. I have no interest in watching documentaries like that because I cannot cope with it. I can barely cope with the fiction. I don't want to know the reality. Thank you very much. Not for me.
1: Yeah, it's really, it's really, I'm endlessly interested, as dark as it is and as hard some of them are to watch. I mean, that's why I went into the field I went to of mental health. Yeah. And, you yeah. Know, I, 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 it's fascinated. so interesting yeah. to me. And mm. because I know so much about serial killers, I picked up a lot of things. And, and I think anybody that knows about serial killers would pick, it's not just me, like there were very clear references that they put in Buffalo Bill to real life serial killers, very famous serial killers. Like he he became, he was like an amalgam of very famous serial killers, like the whole like skinning women and like making clothing out of their skin is 100% Ed Gein, who is a very famous serial killer who used to skin people and make furniture out of their skin. And so Ed Gein is so famous that Psycho is based on him. Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw Massacre is based on him. Buffalo Bill has aspects of him that are based on him. Um, The way that he gets Catherine is 100% Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy used to do that. He would like at night, you know, stalk a young girl and then come out like have a cast on his arm and be trying to put like a surfboard or something into the the car and he is so, oh I I can't do it can you help me and that's mm. kind of how all all his victims ended up being pushed in the car and taken because they were being nice and seeing this in Ted Bundy's case a very handsome young guy yeah with a broken arm and you know and as women we're taught to be polite and be nice and a lot of times ignore our instincts and so like the the like kind of feeling obligated to help someone in that situation yeah. ended up getting them killed and and they used that straight out of Ted Bundy's book for Buffalo Bill and we see it all play out yeah. when he gets Catherine
0: yeah, interesting. And we were talking a little bit before we came on about the whole thing about they keep back then referring to him as transsexual, potentially, not mm. trans we would say transgender now, but that's quite a tricky area with this film, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. it's not really portrayed in the best, necessarily. Right. Best
1: and movie. I mean, they do both, um, Clarice and Hannibal Lecter do say he is not a true transsexual. Right. They both have a little blurb where they say that this is not behavior that is associated with someone who's transsexual.
0: No.
1: Transsexual people are not violent. They're not, you know, like they use some terms that are not necessarily flattering, but they try to make a point to say that that's not what's happening here, yeah. but they also don't expand on no. why do we know like, you know, and I think the director has had spent and the, and the writer a lot of time after because they got a lot of backlash from obviously the queer community
0: when this film yeah, came yes. out,
1: explaining the pathology of Buffalo Bill was that he was so um, messed up, I guess, so damaged that his self hatred was so much that he needed to become something else, someone else. And in his twisted mind, he made it that to be well, if I become a woman, then I won't be me anymore and and I can love mm-hmm. that person that I become, right yeah, and not yeah. hated. um, and that's kind of, but it's never it's never explicitly explained in the yeah. film. So then it becomes like, well, what nice. are you trying to say? you know,
0: yeah, exactly. And it's strange because that scene where we see him kind of dress up,
1: right. he only
0: has the skin and hair of a woman, I'm guessing, on the top, mm-hmm. but the rest mm-hmm. is just his body, and he tucks yeah. himself in, and that's mm-hmm. it. That's, right. We don't see, like, compared to what we're hearing, the amount he's done. Right. Well, we, see the,
1: we see the, the suit he's making is, like, hanging on the thing, you know, and there's flesh being sewn together um yeah. and and at one point Lecter does say that he he was made into a monster he he didn't he wasn't born a monster so mm-hmm. like we do get some glimpses that this is probably someone who was severely abused which a lot of serial killers have some pretty horrific
0: yeah, stories exactly. of
1: abuse as children um and and Lecter does say that this is someone who was made into this. Um, mm-hmm. he he wasn't born like this.
0: Right. So
1: you know we get little bits of pe- pieces, but it's it, they they could have been a lot clearer in saying, yeah, this has nothing to do with uh being a trans yeah. person. This is you a can, lot to do a- with being someone who's pathologically A very you know? different era, for sure. Oh, absolutely! An era where
0: I just don't think it would have been a, It wouldn't have been as thought about as right. Now. They wouldn't
1: have had the language probably even. Yeah, to, exactly. To differentiate, exactly. so, exactly. but being living in the world we live now, mm-hmm. watching this film, knowing how much um, oh, how how much uh danger there is out there for our trans community, mm-hmm. and how yes. much hatred there is, and how many like anti-trans bills there are watching a movie like this it it becomes really um like this is this becomes part of the problem right because it's playing into the, these people's narrative that trans people are in some way dangerous right right yeah. and it's so that then it becomes it's, very dangerous as a film. Exactly.
0: Right? Yeah if that film was made now it'd be pretty unacceptable mm-hmm. To mm-hmm. include that it would be
1: absolutely yeah.
0: yeah. Especially with with as in time of recording this the Prime Minister mm-hmm. of the UK has just made the most transphobic comments but a uh-huh. day ago so it was very strange to suddenly watch this film and be like oh gosh this is this is another minefield right, now. right. and this is just
1: kind of what you think JK Rowling has in her mind of what a transsexual mm-hmm. woman is right like yeah. it's kind of playing into that nasty narrative of, yeah, of exactly. untruth you know
0: yeah no it's just not
1: so it's it's a bit cringy to watch it now, because I think if this was made now, they would have very explicitly spent yeah. a lot of time explaining what his pathology was and that this is not a trans person.
0: No, exactly. This is just how they're coping with that situation. Right. 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 Another thing that was, I had no idea about, like halfway through the film, I was like, why is it called Silence of the Lambs? And I'm like, oh, (laughs) okay. And then you hear
1: the horrible stories, yeah.
0: Yeah, so when the more that Mr. Dr. Lecter interrogates Clarice, we find out that after her father died and she was an orphan, she was sent to family on a ranch in Montana, I think they say. Mm-hmm. And um, she wants to escape one day and she hears this this awful screaming and finds out when she looks into the barn that she doesn't want to look. But when she does, it's all these spring lambs screaming because I guess they're going to be...
1: They're being slaughtered. So, yeah. 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 She- witnesses the slaughtering of the lambs and they're screaming well, she,
0: she says she tried to set them free but they just wouldn't mm-hmm. they're, they're too shocked to even move so yeah. she, she gets she manages to get one and runs away but there's not much thought has got into it and she's cold and hungry and tired and it doesn't work so well so she, when she mm-hmm. comes back that she's obviously really severely told off and then they kill the the poor lamb that she was mm-hmm. trying to save so
1: and then really she was awful. sent to live somewhere else because the family mm-hmm. didn't want her after, no, after what she did. Right. And and of course, you know Hannibal being a psychiatrist and and a genius mind, immediately hones in and says, "And you think if you catch this Buffalo Bill, the lambs will stop screaming? You will save the lambs, right? Like, right. Yeah. Oh, I love this movie. It's so cool." <laughs> And she and I think she re, she realizes it then that yes I need to save this girl she's the lamb that I let die like I need yeah, 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 yeah. I need to do this. right yeah
0: which is why later on she decides to take on the situation on her own
1: well I, I don't know that she did she knew that she was taking on the situation until she knew she was taking on the situation. Right. cuz she was she was thinking that they knew exactly where the guy was and he was in chicago right cuz <laughs> then that's fun. the parallel right and she was still in ohio and she just was trying to get more evidence and interview people mm-hmm. right and and she goes to the house of the old lady that her friend says we used to work for her sewing yeah and and then As she's in the house, at first, she doesn't have any semblance that anything is wrong until Buffalo Bill says, oh, come in, I'll get you the number of her son. um, They don't live here anymore, but I can get you the number. And then when she walks in the house, she sees that everything is in disarray, Um, like there had been a fight or something, and that's when she starts realizing... Holy, Shit. I'm in the yeah. house with Buffalo Bill. Well, myself. she
0: also sees one of the moths exactly, the moths like,
1: she, but she doesn't go into it on purpose, like, she's just right there, and then she realizes it then and there that she is in the yes. house with them,
0: yeah, exactly. So, the symbolism of the moths, um. It seems to be well what what do you think of that isn't it because he says at one point out the whole idea that it's about moths changing isn't it it's the about, transformation
1: about, yeah the metamorphosis the i think is what yeah. he he wishes he could do he wishes he could change into something else or someone else
0: right exactly because it's the poster of the film isn't it in the poster mm-hmm.
1: So in the poster of the film, the moth that they show has what appears to be a skull on its back. Yeah. Which is kind of why this is called a death moth, because they have what looks like a skull on their back. But in the poster of the film, what is actually on the back of the moth is a painting by Salvador Dali that is three nude women that make up the shape of a skull so if you if you look into it you see is that painting
0: I I did look I didn't realize it was Dali but I did look into it and oh okay that's actually yeah yeah wow yes so it's pretty cool isn't the trait that after he's killed them and skinned or taken a proportion of skin he then puts a moth into their mouth or down their throats
1: down their throat, so they found that in, in the, so that the order that they had not found it, found it in the other I mean, They find that in the third woman, they found which was in the river, in like I yeah. think Mississippi or someplace like that. I have. I was um, gonna say. I have to say Tennessee. this film travels.
0: I feel like we cover yeah. about ten states in this film.
1: Yeah. So they find <laughs> this body, and they realize this body has been weighed down, and that's why they haven't found it until now. On like mm. the other ones and then just by mapping it out they realize this must have been his first victim yeah that he killed and they identify the victim and that's the one where they find the moth and and she's the one who sees it
0: Yeah, she does, when they're taking pictures that. of her
1: teeth yeah
0: i am sure that at some point when she says like buttocks the way Jodie Foster says buttocks definitely Jennifer Saunders does that at some point for sure
1: she does her accent perfectly
0: but I even think she does that you know when they do a parody of silent witness uh uh-huh I think she brings the buttocks thing into that Mm. because when she's doing like one of the autopsies I'm pretty sure she references yeah Yeah. yeah also did we not just say the other week how horror films love nothing more than things either going in or out of the throat? They love,
1: they love it. Yeah,
0: And I was like, no, not again. Why? Why are the tweezers going down that throat? I was like, no. no
1: they again. love it.
0: Ugh, girl.
1: Well, so and we get with- to see how good she is in that scene mm-hmm. when they're doing, when she's like doing the autopsy and he's like having her narrate what she's finding and and asking her what does that tell you right like when she's looking at the at the body and she sees that there's um like glitter nail polish and like certain mm. things where she's like this is this is not from here this this yeah. woman is not from here it feels like she is a city person like she lives in a city right and so like all these like we get to see her being super yeah, she's good at her ahead. job like super competent at her job
0: outside of the box yeah 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 oof there's a there's a lot going on
1: <laughs> it's really yeah it's, it's it's uh I think it's one of the most well made films about a serial killer ever and in mm. like a real like account of a serial killer not like Jason or Michael no. Myers or like not a slasher no, no, no. but like a yeah, like why we know to be serious like they really they had fbi profilers on the set informing them of what that their day to day looks like and what they would do in certain situations and how they would come to conclusions right like so they really studied the psychology of a serial killer to create yeah. these characters absolutely
0: interesting and then of course there's this whole bit where they travel Hannibal because they yeah which already you're like girl this is gonna be
1: well and this is all <laughs> Dr. Shilton's ego right because he wants to beat the, f- the FBI to f- finding out who he who the killer is yeah. so he arranges this whole taking him out yeah
0: and it's Things are already scary, but that image of like the mask on him, the metal—first of all, the metal mask which pushes his nose down—it's
1: right. so iconic. though,
0: like, but then the the next one when he's wearing the plastic one, that's so iconic with the with yeah. the what do you call it, straight jacket, and, the straight
1: jacket, yeah. Mm-hmm. And when
0: he's wheeled up, yeah. and then the mum, the mum comes up to plead, like she's because don't they, mm-hmm. they offer him, you know, if you like, do cause, this, because
1: the mom of of. Catherine, who's the girl that we see him take and who's like she's she's a big politician
0: yeah in
1: tennessee i think is where they end up being yeah yeah they
0: say memphis tennessee yeah
1: yeah and so she has a lot of power right and that's why like Mm -hmm. she She arranges all this stuff to to happen so that he can go there yeah
0: because they're like if you do this then you're gonna be able to go to this island where you actually get to go on the beach and you get to do this and that and you get. Well, that's out. what
1: Clarice tells him, and then yeah. he finds out that's bullshit.
0: Yeah, and then he's like, is not an animal.
1: There's an animal testing a disease, facility, an
0: animal disease." Yeah. yeah.
1: He calls yeah. it Anthrax Island. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and she's like, "Yeah, that's right."
1: <laughs> but but she the the actual politician offers to transfer him to, like, a white-collar prison, basically, where he will have right. a view.
0: Yeah. He
1: will still have to be maximum security, obviously, but he will have windows. He will have right. a view of the forest. He will be yeah, able to access the library and read books and, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, and then when he sees the politician mum, and she goes up to him and be like, okay, you know, this is all... that, And then he starts to... Talk about her nipples and breastfeeding, and then she's like, mm. what the "It, yeah." He's not having any of it. He's like, "I'm he's not so here, cruel." He's, yeah. yeah, really cruel. And then, of course, when he's in the like makeshift cell in the, mm. are they in Washington? They keep flying over Washington. They're in places.
1: in Tennessee. Yeah, they're they're in right.
0: Tennessee. Yeah, They're in Tennessee. Is this lots of shots? Is it the White House they're flying over or is that just somewhere that looks no, like No, I
1: White think House? that's just the Capitol building in Tennessee. Okay, right. Yeah.
0: Well, they're, they've done like a makeshift sale, haven't they, whilst mm-hmm. they're mid-transition, which to me doesn't look as, already it didn't look as secure, obviously. The fact that he orders lamb chops, just to emphasize. Mm-hmm.
1: After, yeah, after hearing the story After
0: the conversation
1: and i love that they do the the long build up because we see when he's before he's transported mm-hmm. when um that slime bag is telling him like the fbi just took you for a fool but i have actually negotiated this and this is on the up and up mm-hmm. and he has him sign the the Paper so that he can transport him and we see that there's a pen on Hannibal's bed that he's brought in for him to sign the documents after he told Clarice clearly to not give him anything not a pen not a pencil nothing we see that Hannibal sees that pen and then we don't see anything else except that at one point children has to sign something and he's like searching and he can't find his pen and somebody says here you can use mine Mm. so there's that thing that the pen is missing but then all this other stuff happens and the pen is not referenced until (laughs) the moment where he has been hiding that pen in his mouth the entire time yeah, I like got the whole, not the full pen. Obviously, like he just broke enough of it so that
0: he yeah to make a so tool. He could, yeah, because also he's drawn pictures of Clarice as well. You can you mm. can see that there's like drawings of her right now amongst his other drawings of
1: Florence mm-hmm.
0: and various things. And yeah, this is when those those two coppers cut beca- her of a cropper. <laughs> they kind of almost are like a bit of a comedy duo in a way they're a bit
1: i know they're dumb and dumber yeah
0: yeah they are a bit dumb and dumb for sure and so he goes with the routine that they handcuff him to the side whilst they bring his dinner in didn't they say like oh this is the second second dinner and you're a bit like how come he can suddenly make the rules that he gets two dinners what's happened that's how you know where, where does that come from and he's also got classical music playing
1: Mm-hmm. He's got his music, very, very and civilized. He, and he's so caught. He's behind, kind of like a golf thing. I guess that's like his little bathroom area, where he has yeah. his toilet. Yeah. And we see him take the little thing out of his mouth and put it in his hand, right. and then he tells him, "I'm ready." And then, because I guess the protocol is that he has to be um, handcuffed through the mm-hmm. bars before they can open the gate to give him the food.
0: Yeah. And then that's when he lets them have it, big time.
1: Officially,
0: oh, officially that that's rough. They have rough, rough, and then skipping forward when the other police officers who are down below and they see the lift moving and they're like, "What the hell's going on? Why is that moving?" Mm -hmm. When they come up, he's done like this whole crucifixion scenario this whole like
1: that's uh, that scene is so beautifully shot it's so horrific and so impactful it's just it's a work of art of horrific art but it's it's beautiful yeah Yeah. right
0: yeah he's had time to go there (laughs) he's done a whole yeah and then he is like the master of deception because he literally fools all of them mm-hmm. in a very horrific right. way yeah and
1: even and even watching that film for the first time i was i was not expecting that what was happening no. right they find one of the cops barely like breathing so they get like the ambulance they put him on mm-hmm. the gurney they're trying to get him out and then they get on the lift and they, they see blood dripping. So they're thinking, oh, Hannibal is up there.
0: He's up there, yeah.
1: Right? And then and we it's... see his body with his white outfit covered in blood up there. So they're thinking Hannibal is up there. Is he dead? Mm. Is he pretending? What is he doing?
0: Yeah, what's happening? As they're
1: taking the cop in the ambulance. Right. And, and then, you will wanted a twist.
0: This is a disgusting twist. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible it's nasty Am yeah that's a great talking?
1: twist when he when we're in the yeah. ambulance and, and the paramedic is saying like he's convulsing we need to get there and then we see him pull his face off and it's Hannibal that has peeled the cop's face and was wearing it as a mask
0: mm. oh that's why I was like, why is that so familiar? Because literally the film we did last week, there's a, mar- a face pulled off um, Elm Street. <laughs> it's not oh, the Freddy. same. Oh, Freddie. Yeah, Freddie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's his own face that's pulled off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, oh, not more skin coming up. We don't want to see your skin.
1: We're not crazies. <laughs> we don't want your skin.
0: We don't want your skin. So, yes. yeah, he gets the better. if we if we... Whiz forward to the end,
1: Mm -hmm. which is a magnificent. I mean, the whole like, I mean, and just we don't have to go into the detail, but Clarice realizing she's in this house with Buffalo Bill and then he turns off all the lights. That scene is terrifying because he has infrared
0: goggles, goggles so he
1: can see her, but she can't see him. Yeah, and it's terrifying. And at the same time, to- we see yeah. the FBI in Chicago bursting into the house. They think the killer yeah. is to realize he's not here. And then her boss goes, oh, shit, Clarice. And then they yeah. have to run back to Ohio. Yeah. Because they realize she could potentially be alone in a house with She's the killer. In and danger, she- She's in danger, girl. And she sure danger. was.
0: And they're using that for florist guy as their um, <laughs> as their bait standing ringing the doorbell I'm like right. how much did they pay him <laughs> I'd be like I'm good thanks I don't fancy I don't this well, job well I mean he
1: was an FBI agent posing as like a florist like he wasn't yeah. they putting at risk some random florist
0: <laughs> no that's true but still it's still pretty scary so anyway Clarice gets the better of him they both blow the gun and luckily she she gets in there mm-hmm. And that's the end yeah. of him. And poor Catherine's taken out of that hideous, scary well. And actually, I'll tell you what reference. I I got a little reference to the ring when there's that awful bit where the girl's in the well, you know, the mm-hmm. whole bit where she's... And then there's, like, a fingernail or a half a finger in the well. You know, that's that's very... Right, right.
1: And, they, and they do find in the body that they found the, a lot of the fingernails were popped off and clarice makes a comment it looks like she was trying to dig herself out of somewhere Mm -hmm. and then we kind of go back to the well and see Uh, that yeah
0: yes well yeah and of course we must give a shout out to precious the dog we mustn't forget precious
1: oh sweet precious
0: that poor little pooch who luckily she manages to use to her advantage I mean, I understand why, but the bit when Clarice Mm -hmm. is like, I'm here to save you, but I just need you to be quiet. And she just keeps screaming. She's like, no, please, I'm trying to help you. But I get why. I mean, I don't I I mean, yeah,
1: she was so hysterical hysterical and scared.
0: Of course, as you would be.
1: I I love, though, when Clarice is like, I will come back for you. Yeah. I need to leave this room now, but I will come back for you. She's like, I I
0: know. (laughs) She's like, oh, girl. I'm trying to help you
1: yeah. here. so well in in the famous bucket moment right when he's lowering the lotion because obviously he's trying to stretch out her skin so that he can cut it off and make the dress and and that's yeah. another super famous line like it rubs the lotion on the skin or else it gets the hose again Ooh. and and just like the um the way that he talks to it like he doesn't say her. He talks to it, just kind of dehumanizing her so that he can do what he needs to do, right? Like, And, and in a way, like to him, he's she's just a thing. She's just an object, yeah, not is, a human yeah, person, yeah. right? And and it's so clear in that moment where he won't look at her mm-hmm. and he just cre- keeps repeating. It mm-hmm. rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again and yeah, she's like screaming, yeah. please let me out of here. And then yeah. finally he's had it and he goes,
0: Set that glove and I fucking scared. Oh, so awful. I love it. Even the when like when yeah, Clarice arrives and is just talking to him and then mentions that lady and then he's the first thing he says is, Oh, was she was she fat? Was she fat and big? Was she the big fat one? And she's like right, she does
1: the big fat thing. He calls her a yeah. thing.
0: And Clarice yeah. is like Well, she was a larger set woman, yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She's trying to be like, um... Right,
1: mm." but again, it's like that whole, like, she's not... She wasn't a person that he killed. She was was a thing. It was a thing. Yeah, that's how he
0: just justifies himself, by talking like they're just not really...
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, right after all the drama, we cut forward to her special day. It's her special day! Yeah Where she's getting her badge... (laughs) And I guess mm-hmm. that means that she's officially...
1: She's officially a special agent for the FBI.
0: The officially. Officially. And you knew, we knew there was going to be a twist. There was no way that was just mm-hmm. going to happen without any...
1: Because through this whole, you know, climax, and we don't know what's happened to Dr. Lecter.
0: Yeah, because for a second, you're like, oh, she's got Buffalo Bill, we're all good. And then you go, wait, no, hang on. There's still... right. That's one the carnival is still out there. Yeah, and The other one's on the loose. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she has her proud day and then there's this very sweet bit where he says your father would be proud of you and you can see she's like... Right, her know, boss,
1: who's very cute, who's like standing in the back like he shows yeah. up for graduation he I almost wonder when
0: there's a suggestion that there's not going to be a little romance between them. I, it's not I really don't think either.
1: there was a romantic overtone as much as a fatherly overtone mm. to me.
0: He's like the only person she can actually rely on really. He actually.
1: Well, and I think he sees her potential in a way that a father would, you know. Um
0: Yeah, 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 Exactly. And so she, but she's still very formal. Shakes his hand. Mm-hmm. Thank you, sir. And then she gets a phone call and it's Miss it's Mr. Hannibal the Cannibal yeah. himself on his um I mean, we don't know where he is, but it looks like he's he in Haiti, like... I
1: believe. Like, I, it, oh, I think it Haiti. flashes very quickly. Yeah. Oh,
0: does it say that? Okay.
1: Yeah,
0: right. With a with a new wig.
1: <laughs> yes, he's he's in, incognito.
0: Incognito, darling, and then he says the very famous line.
1: <laughs> so the, I love that he a kept kept track of her, right? Because he calls her to congratulate her. On yeah, catching so Buffalo knows. Bill and graduating. Like, he knows right. what's going on with her. Yeah. And she's, like, scared, obviously. and She's like, where are yeah. you, Dr. Victor? And he says, "But like, he had so many great lines in that moment, but he says, don't, wor- don't worry about me coming after you. I feel the world is a much more interesting place with you in it.
0: Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? He's basically right? like, you're not, you're not on my hit list.
1: Right, I have <laughs> no interest in, in harming you. No. And where she he's he tells her at the beginning, don't try tracing the call. I'm not going to be on long enough for you to trace it. so don't bother with it. Don't
0: bother, yeah.
1: And then when he's about to hang up, he says the very famous line, which is
0: because old...
1: mm. before he says it, we do see Dr. Chilton coming out of the airplane right. So we know exactly what he's talking about.
0: And he yes. says i am having an old I'm having an old friend for dinner." <laughs> I'm <laughs> um, having an old friend for dinner. <laughs> that is a very good ending to yeah. the film. And then yeah. he just wanders it's,
1: it's such a great um, character too that he's a monster. There's no the questioning that he's a monster. The yeah. things he does have been atrocious. And yet, there's as an audience, you are so satisfied that he got away. You are almost... Yeah, yeah. Elated Strange. that not only he got away, but he's gonna get that piece of shit. He's gonna get revenge on that piece of crap man.
0: Mm, and it's man.
1: very satisfying.
0: Mm. And also that Clarice is safe because I didn't. I couldn't bear her Our, dying. Yeah, I want her to be safe.
1: Well, and she and she did say to her friend because her friend is like, "Are you scared?" And mm. she's like, "He he wouldn't come for me." And she's yeah, like, "I, she I, I can't it. explain it to you, but he would think it rude." To her. yeah,
0: it's off. weird, isn't it? She just, yeah, it's know. like,
1: and she, but we, as an audience, we get what she means because we've seen yeah. their relationship and we know that mm. he does have some weird code, yeah, in his,
0: in his, you know, twisted,
1: twisted way,
0: right? Yeah, it's interesting how, right up to the end, even at a time like that, she's still causing him doctor. She still respects, yeah, his. Title. I know. It's like. <laughs> it's like- I'd be like, Annabelle, what the fuck's going on? Where the hell!
1: But she, on? when she meets him, in the he's in a cage, and she refers to him as doctor, right? And I'm like, girl, his license got revoked a long time ago.
0: Yeah, but it's clever it because she's giving like She knows that if she respects him, he's going to get more. Right,
1: right.
0: Yeah, they're both were They're both playing um, each other. because she so wants Yeah, go ahead. Oh, just before I forget, that moment where she sees him in that makeshift cell before things really go bad, and they're doing that... What's that Latin phrase they say? The bit, the bit Quid of pro quo. Co-
1: co- right. Quid pro quo. Yeah.
0: You give me some info, I give... And then the last bit of info, because she gives... It's when he really gets into her head about these yes. lambs. And then just as she she's like, it's your turn, she has to go. Because he, he says, oh, he sees that the doctor's coming. And then she's frantic. She's like, give me the name. Give me the name. (laughs) I gave you all that. Give me the name. And then she leaves her case study. He's like, you've left your folder.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: it's... it's,
1: And he had given her so many clues that then she mm -hmm. is able to tie them up with her friend. Right? right? Like like the biggest, the one that gets her eventually to him is when he says, when we first covet, what do we covet? Mm-hmm. And she's like, I don't know. He's like, think about it. What do we covet? And then she gets to that we covet what we what we can't have. And he's like, Yeah, but at first, how do we mm-hmm. know, right? And she's like, It's it's what we see first, like what we know first, right? And that's where she goes back to that first victim. He must have lived close to her. Mm-hmm. And that's where where she starts tying all those pieces and goes to Ohio, right? Like going like. Mm-hmm. We covet what we see first. What we yeah, first uh, learn to cover yeah. is the beginning. You know, mm-hmm. what's near us. So yeah. yeah oh
0: wow, there's a lot. There's a lot to unpick there. Wow. Yeah. So how? What happened sequel wise? Because I know that there's definitely yes. There's sequ- so Julian Moore,
1: am I correct? And- yes. Um. So in the novels, the order of the novels for Hannibal Lecter's character because he's really the the main character um his first the first novel that mentions Lecter is Red Dragon um all written by Thomas Harris um that came out in 81 then The Silence of the Lambs in 88, Hannibal in 99, and Hannibal Rising in 2006. And then as far as films based on the character of Hannibal Lecter there's a film called Manhunter That came out in 1986. Then The Silence of the Lambs in 1991. Then Hannibal, which is the one with Julian Moore playing Clarice Starling because um, Jodie Foster didn't want to play the role again.
0: Oh, so is she playing her?
1: Yeah, she's playing Clarice.
0: Oh, I assumed it was going to be a different character if Jodie was in it. Oh, interesting. But Anthony Hopkins did come back.
1: He did, yeah. That's so that one was 2001, and then there's Red Dragon in 2002, which is the first book, so it's kind of like a prequel. a prequel. And then Hannibal Rising in 2007. And then there's two television series, one that I absolutely adore from <laughs> 2013 to 2015 called Hannibal. It's amazing. And then in 2021, they um did a series called Clarice about Clarice Darling. Wow.
0: But it only only has one season. How many of those is Hopkins actually in? Is he just in the two I
1: think he's only in Silence of the Lambs and Hannibal.
0: Right. Before it gets and that one that you mentioned from the eighties, that's -hmm. not got any that's obviously a whole different
1: yeah, no, none of the same people. Um, but the character before. of Hannibal Lecter is introduced in that film.
0: Right. Wow. And you said that novel-wise, Red Dragon was first.
1: Red Dragon was the first one.
0: And is that explaining what happens before Silence of the Lambs?
1: Yeah, that that's about Hannibal Lecter.
0: Right. Becoming the whole.
1: Hannibal Lecter. Becoming
0: yeah. who he is, yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. 19. so is That's the so series Hannibal
1: the series Hannibal is so good um we were absolutely devastated when it was done in 2015 it was it, they didn't renew it but Hannibal is played by Matt Mikkelsen, Mickelson, who's brilliant and it's about Hannibal as a psychiatrist mm. before he was caught but so a young Um, He is Hannibal being not only a psychiatrist, but he works hand in hand with the FBI profiling serial killers, even though he's the one killing a lot of people and eating them. And they even put out a, a cookbook because the cannibal piece of the, of the show was so incredible. Like they would show him, he would like to entertain in his home and he would have these lavish dinner parties and he was feeding people, his victims, and they didn't know they were eating humans. And That's so it's like, his, yeah, like his cooking, but it was, it's sweetie top, but very elevated. Like he wasn't making a meat pie, you know, he was making like these lavish dinners and like, um, he would have like uh Lord fish played like the head of the FBI. And he would be eating a victim and he didn't know he was eating him. A- it's so messed up. And guess who played coming for full circle. So Hannibal is a psychiatrist, but he has his own psychiatrist. And guess who plays Hannibal psychiatrist in Hannibal? Gillian hmm. Anderson.
0: Oh wow! Oh, so it does come full circle. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Crazy gosh. Oof. So. I think scare rating, I think it's high. It's very scary. Mm-hmm. And if I it's really menacing. Obviously, it's there is literally, you do see a dark. lot of blood and a lot of skin. But it's really, like, I think it's... Annoying. It's heavy and dark. Yeah. It's heavy and dark. But I, at this stage of the game, coped with it better because there's such a good story. Mm-hmm. And because it's less although you do see blood and you do see some violence it's not that's not the main it's much more about the mind and it's about the psychological games rather than seeing too much so I guess I coached it a bit better because of that but I would give it at least a nine at least
1: yeah I agree I think this one is is high up there just because it's such a yeah
0: it's, it's so, so realistic
1: in the-, the way that the story is yeah being told. Yeah, maybe even a ten. To
0: be honest, I think it's right up there. Yeah,
1: and of course, so, this is the first horror film to win all of the big, big awards. It won best actor, best actress, best director, best picture. Wow. Um, no huge. horror film had ever done that before.
0: That's huge! That's huge. Yeah, that's massive. Yeah. Amazing! Wow, that was a that was a, a doozy. That was a humdinger this week. Yeah. <laughs> so this what do a- we? Yeah. What do we have next time?
1: Next time we are going um to Persia. We're going to see a Persian or Iranian film. Iranian. Yeah. Called A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Oh dear. And it is so good.
0: Mm. Okay. that's so creepy. Being a little
1: international. <laughs> yes. All
0: right. Good. Yeah, that's good. All right, well, I think we better go and have some candy. All right. (laughs) See you soon.